today it is all about the three C's. Comic books, conventions, and cartoons. We could even stick a fourth C in there and say creators, but we're sticking with comic books, conventions, and cartoons. The comic books that drive us to the conventions exactly how the convention game is changing and boy is it ever changing i can barely keep up myself and i and i do conventions all the time and we close it out with a bit of nostalgia and love for some great cartoons get ready for the three c's today comic books conventions creators coming up on an all-new episode of Rob observations Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making comic books for 38 years. I write them, I draw them, I publish them. Thousands of pages I have drawn and written and, and thousands of, of pages of comics I have published. Hundreds of titles. I have uh, been at this comic book thing for quite some time. Broken when I was 18 years old. Really wasn't qualified to do anything else. Had uh, set my sights on being in the comics industry very early on in my high school years. I had started to meet other comic book professionals. And I was just rip-roaring and ready to go. And was uh, fortunate enough to break in. And had my first work published (laughs) in, uh, in, in 1986. Then following that, 87, and never looking back, and uh, just a, a fun career, a really incredible time being able to bring com- comic book superheroes that I loved to life, as well as create my own and start my own company, studio, and imprint. We talk comic books here on Rob Observations. We talk comic books. We talk superheroes. We love comic books and superheroes. We, <laughs> you should prefer comic books and superheroes above all else now that doesn't mean you know every version of them but uh what we do here is we tend to swoon i swoon over the original source material the creators of comic books are some of the people that i have the most admiration for especially the uh the key creators who really shaped the great dc and marvel universes that i loved as a kid I, I didn't realize back then how 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 early on I was in the formation of Marvel Comics, but it was much earlier than 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 I you know now looking back and 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 seeing that as a as a as a comic book enthusiast consumer, uh, I have been you know digesting comic books for the for literally forty nine years, and Marvel Comics is celebrating their sixtieth anniversary. You know. Some of their biggest titles are, are, are celebrating their 60th anniversary, Avengers and X-Men. Now, they had an 80th anniversary because they, they're, they're, they're taking Marvel and going all the way back to Timely, which is their due. It's, it's like, it's exactly when people say, how come the Los Angeles Lakers hang those Minnesota jerseys, uh, the, those Minnesota championships to, 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 you know, to get to that amount of championships? There, there's a certain segment that always say LA Lakers should only display the titles they won in LA, which would still be phenomenal. But those Minnesota, uh, it's why, come on people, it's why they're called the Lakers, the lakes, you know, of Minnesota. Uh, it, 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 the, 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 they, they add those Minnesota championships to the Lakers for the overall tally of things. So Marvel went all the way back to Timely when uh, before it was Marvel official, but it was still the same company and, 
and it just was called something else. So they've gone all the way back. They had a bunch of 80th anniversary uh, memorabilia. But as far as the Marvel Universe that exploded into all of our lives, uh, I, I didn't realize that I was on the 11th or 12th year when I was seven or eight years old. Seven. I mean, just thinking, oh my gosh, I've, I've, uh, they're already reprinting, you know, comics from Spider-Man and, 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 and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and the X-Men that were in the 60s. Now, I was born in 1967, but reading a comic book from 1967 seemed weird. And they were actively reprinting all of those books. I've, 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 I've talked about it often on the show. And I, I, I think it's a, it's a, it is a worthwhile endeavor to explore at some other time. And I guess if I had the levers, the levers at either of the big two companies, I would probably ex- explore maybe in digests. And when I say digests, uh, these reprints would, would uh, come in smaller mini books. A digest was something very common at the point of purchase at every grocery store when I was growing up. And this includes throughout the 90s as I was in my 20s, you'd still find Disney and Archie would have uh, th- their most popular characters in digests. You know, they, they fit in your hand. They're tiny reproductions of the comics, but they are really appealing to small kids who then grab them and they are, are, are able to be taken on the go. They're square bound like books. The, the, the thickness of the digest uh, tends to, to vary. Some were thin, some were thick, but getting reprints of those early Marvel comics outside of just the uh, trade paperbacks, which tend to be pretty pricey. I, I have been buying a ton of trade paperbacks, and I'll get to that in a second. But they are they are definitely pricey. But the ability to read a a brand new Spider Man comic book in 1975-1976. Case in point, Spider Man had the spider buggy, the spider mobile. It was a it was a car that drove up the sides of walls. Because I mean, I mean, why not, right? I mean, he could he could climb up the sides of walls on his own. But now he had the spider buggy that could drive up buildings and be perpendicular with, with, with the walls, but it was a big deal. And then of course they were pitching a toy spider buggy as well. Great, great licensing um, synergy there. But during that period, I, I would be able to, in a, in a comic book called Marvel tales, go back and read original uh, Spider-Man adventures from his very first year of publication. And there were digests at that time coming out from Marvel. And there, there haven't been in, in, in quite some time, but that, getting that current uh, adventure and then, then getting that past adventure was really a, a big deal to kids like myself in the 70s. Kids like myself in the 70s also now gather in groups on Facebook. That's, uh, if, you, if you were wondering why, and, and, and perhaps you're, you're, you skew younger, but I think most of you uh, who listen, I've gotten a pretty good uh, gauge of your ages, we, 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 we are... 70s 80s kids and uh you know we gather in groups and on facebook that's what's keeping facebook that's what's keeping facebook going right right mr zuckerberg uh whether it's rock bands of the 70s and 80s or comic books of the 70s you know i should someday get up get read you all my my groups that i'm a part of because i i love getting together and just seeing what people think and uh it's really fun to see what other people are sharing and, and compare it to what, what I'm currently digesting at the same time. And there's nothing better than finding like-minded people who like the stuff that you do. So that's, that's, that's where those groups are great. But on, in those groups, we do you know, find that common bond of the comic books that, that, were coming back, that, that were coming out at the time and the, the 
benefit that we had that Fantastic Four and the Avengers and X-Men and Spider-Man were all in reprints through different titles. And I've got to believe Marvel, who was very budget-minded at the time, wouldn't have been doing those if that wasn't a great uh, bonus, a, a great profit center for them, especially since most of those stories were you know, already paid for. So the reprint aspect is it was was and and you know added value i have to believe it was a a a plus added value for them but these you know comic book superheroes that i fell in love with when i was a kid and have uh swooned over the creators of, of these universes in their earliest days and watched as characters like wolverine or the x-men that you know and love uh colossus and storm and Banshee, as, as, as all of them come to light and get more attention. And there's talk of even a new, you know, X-Men movie being put together uh, by Disney. And at this point, I mean, it's just, I don't know about you guys, but the wait is getting a little crazy. I'm not really certain why it has taken so long. I did an episode recently on the podcast about the last days of 20th Century Fox. It's a couple of weeks back. And I mean, you look back and, and that sale took place and finalized in 2018. And <laughs> you see, I mean, that is, that is a good uh, five years ago. And, 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 and in, in just six months, it'll be a full six years. Like since, since it happened, we're like at the five and a half year mark. Now I know that the Marvel and the DC pipeline of movies and, and televised characters that come from these amazing comics that I'm talking about, these characters and these creators of these characters that I, that I swoon over, you know, the pipeline for both Marvel and DC is about to dry up a little. You've got the Marvels coming out for, uh, for, 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 you know, Marvel entertainment with all the different iterations of Captain Marvel. Uh, I've been seeing the trailers more increasingly these last couple of days that's coming out and that kind of wraps up what's what they've got finished for, for the public. Outside of their televised stuff, their, their, their Disney Plus shows. And then, of course, Aquaman 2, whatever that movie's called, the sequel to Aquaman, is coming out. And that really cuts off what's available to Warner Brothers. I, yes, I know there's an unreleased Bat, Batgirl film. I say this because I, I, I know now how you guys think. Oh, oh, he didn't mention that they have that possibility. It's not a possibility. That's why I didn't mention it. But then I mention it because I know you're going to mention it. So they're game, set, match. Game, set, and match. Uh, Aquaman is indeed the last thing in the pipeline until, uh, in, as far as live action, which is where the studios think the big action is. Uh, as far as live action goes, Aquaman kind of kind of seals the deal, and 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 we'll have to wait until the new uh, version of of James Gunn's Superman comes around, which could be a while, given that these strikes are still going on. The the, the actor strike has not been resolved as I record this. But one of the reasons I leaned really hard into this opening about comic book characters, creators, uh, the, these universes being around 60 years, publishers being around 80 years, uh, getting in on the ground floor is, hey, I celebrate the creators. And I was like you and went to comic stores and comic conventions and I got drawings, commissions. You know, there was no free head sketches when I was growing up. You paid for a commission. Uh, whether you whether you were buying it from George Perez, Art Adams, Mike Zeck, uh, to name a few, Jerry Ordway, Dan Jurgens, so so many great artists grace the pages of uh, of, of of my sketchbooks. Tim Sale, uh, Travis Charest, so many great uh, 
incredible talents that even even when I got older, I would commission and get stuff in, in sketchbooks, or I'd get you know uh, a drawing that that was on a sketch pad that they would tear off and hand to me. And I say this as we are heading into New York Comic Con week, and I figured at the top here I would talk about how this is one of the biggest, best, most dynamic, most exciting uh, conventions that you could ever possibly attend. And it is certainly become, I, w- I was talking to my buddy who, who I do the shows with, and we were discussing how, how much more uh, attended and, look, let's be honest, competitive New York Comic Con has been. The word has gotten around that that is where the people are. That is where, let's be honest, the spending is. And, and, uh, and so, so many people are you know, making it a priority. This will be probably my 12th or 13th New York Comic Con. There was definitely a couple of years I didn't go, but I've been going every year for the last uh, decade, and I was going about five years prior. So so maybe this is my 15th uh, since it got going. I definitely missed year one, but based on the buzz and the fire marshal closing down the first year of uh, New, New York Comic Con, uh, I was there, boom, for the very next edition. And off and on, ever since it moved around, it was a spring show. Then it became a uh, the, an October show, which which it, it has been an October show for, for, for quite some time now, possibly uh, the entirety of the last decade. I'm not really sure. Don't don't uh, quote me on that. It might have moved around a couple of times, but I, I, I remember it being a fall show. Uh, in the same way that San Diego is the blockbuster summer show, this is the blockbuster show of the fall and the winter and if everything goes right you're going to be buzzing this time next week putting new york comic-con in your rearview mirror but you're going to be chock full of incredible memories that you spent with your friends uh chasing down uh, panels to attend to get information on upcoming releases uh previews as well as you know meeting those amazing creators so over the years i remember I was taken a task being one of the first people that was not named Stan Lee to charge for a signature. And I can name uh, specifically all of the creators that, I, that, that, that named me and uh, attempted to shame me. Who does Liefeld think he is? Who does Rob Liefeld think he is charging for his signature? I've talked to you guys several times and you're about to go to a convention where now very much everyone is charging for a signature. If you get somebody who's given it for free, you have literally hit the jackpot and, 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 and uh, good for them, good for you. Take advantage of that. My point in all this is the growth of, 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 of the business of collectibles and the, uh, the pricing and the signature stuff. I'm just going to come clear and, and give you my take on the whole thing. For years, myself and some of my peers from Image Comics, because we were really into sports, we would see that Shaquille O'Neal and uh, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, just to name a few, a lot of NBA people, certainly uh, Major League Baseball players. And then uh, about seven years ago, they had Raiders Day at one of the local shows here. And even even uh, <laughs> even Jerry Rice, who had, who had danced with them briefly, uh, had his pricing his pricing menu up, but all of the different Raiders had different prices and none of them were cheap. And they were all in the hundreds, 200s, 300s. Uh, What what I really remember is Shaquille O'Neal and having followed him his entire career from the Magic to the Lakers and everywhere else he bounced around. Because if you forgot, Shaq went to, you know, 
obviously to the Heat, then to the Cleveland Cavaliers, then to the Celtics. And I know I'm leaving somebody else out, but he was bouncing all the while getting paid millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to play in the NBA. Good for him. I love Shaq. He's super funny. He's entertaining. And he was an amazing uh, basketball player. But his prices were uh, 200, 300, 400, no, 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 300, 400, and 500. And it depended on whether you were getting a jersey, a sneaker, or a basketball. And uh, if it's a trading card, I don't remember seeing that. Maybe that was in the fine print. And I was like, man, you know, Shaq is definitely not giving it away for free. He is treating this like a business, but we would come and I'm going to tell you the story of, uh, of, of Longbox Guy. And every creator out there knows who Longbox Guy is. Longbox Guy uh, would show up and some of them <laughs> decided to do us a favor and devolve into Shortbox Guy. But Shortbox Guy and Longbox Guy, kind of the same guy, uh, d- d- different clothes or just sh- shifted along the way. And they would literally bring, at least to me, every comic I'd ever done to that point in time. Whether it's the New Mutants, X-Force, uh, Youngblood, Evangeline, Supreme, Prophet, you name it, they had it ready for me to sign, okay? And uh, <laughs> I, uh, you would oblige because it was just the thing to do. We were giving signatures away and dude would flip them. The, he absolutely long box and short box guy were flippers. And now this is prior to CGC. This is prior to the witnessing and the slabbing, which is really blown up in the last decade. You can go, well, I felt it was 2012. So it's been 11 years or 11, whatever. I don't care. It's, it's really blown up. Truth be told in the last six years and in the pandemic, the business of grading uh, took the next leap. And they will tell you that they, they themselves at CGC will confirm that is absolutely the case but long box guy and short box guy would bring you everything and want you to sign it uh just casually on demand they'd wait a half hour for you to sign their entire box and we would all comply as a business as an industry and then i saw that stan had been doing it for a while based on his new management he had started charging because stan used to do the same thing you could give stan a short box and he'd sign him and if you did and, 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 and you got a short box worth of Stan Lee signatures before he went to $90 a signature, then good on you, okay? I mean, the, you, you know, uh, the bottom line is everyone was once giving it away for free. In 2009, with the DVD home release of Wolverine Origins, because I knew I had missed my window with the theatrical release, but the fact that a Deadpool spinoff had been announced and the DVD uh, commercials, back then they would, again in 2009, we were at the point where they would really do a giant ad buy on television of Wolverine, uh, or of, of any, sorry, of any movie coming out on DVD. And for Wolverine Origins, there was a big ad buy, which showed the key scene with Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson slicing the bullet in half, which was one of the coolest scenes in the entire movie. But there was huge uh, billboards for the Wolverine Origins uh, Blu-ray, DVD, home release, you know, Best Buy had their billboards. You know, this is back when DVDs were really much more a big deal because we hadn't gone to a digital uh, platform delivery model yet. So I decided that the weekend that it came out, the week that it came out, I would be signing at the local kind of comic book mart. It's called Frankensons. It's still there. I think it's in the city of industry now. It kicks all sorts of ass. Cards, toys, comics, love it. Haven't been in many, many months, but I, it is uh, 
not for a lack of trying. I have been trying to get there many, many times, but just things go awry. It's, it's fantastic. It's a great venue in Southern California. If you can make it over to Frank and Sons, Google it, look it up. I mean, have they been there 35, 40 years? Not that location, but in, in, they used to be uh, a couple miles back on the freeway. But now definitely City of Industry, Frank and Sons. I just like all the people there. So I feel I, 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 I you know, want, want to let you know uh, about that, that incredible venue. Again, just aisles and aisles of trading cards, Pokemon, sports, comic books, toys, statues, games, all of it. So I did a signing. And that's when I announced that I'd be charging for my signature on related items. And then as time went by, I just became more comfortable just whipping out a menu. And I remember, I think it was 2013, uh, maybe, maybe, no, no, maybe, maybe 2011, that one of the reporters from one of the websites right in front of me, oh my gosh, look at these prices. And they took a photo and they said, I hope you don't mind. This is going to be on the internet. In like 10 minutes, I said, yeah, I don't care. Like, was that, a, was that an attempt to shame me? I, I didn't really, it's like, you, how dare you? And then of course I read, I, I read and, and I remember you, I know all of you. I remember all of your comments about me and I didn't take it personally. I just knew that you didn't have the courage yet to charge for your signature. Now a fan or as a fan right now, you're throwing your device, your iPhone, whatever, uh, something at the TV. Maybe I don't know where you're listening into your podcast. I actually run them through my TV when I'm drawing. So that's why I say that, or, or maybe you're, you're punching uh, your your car radio because life felt wow how dare you but uh i just knew that this was the model and this is where it was going and you know nowadays you can't go anywhere without the entire you know cast these actors voice actors and comic book people and i just go if the athletes were doing it why weren't we why were we so scared and so i decided one day to establish my value what i believe is my value in signing and uh you know i don't need to sign your stuff and you don't need to have me sign it. But if we're going to do it, there's a transaction. And what you have to do when you go to a big show, or you should do, or I, I don't know if you need to do it, but you should do it, is evaluate. You know, because just like back in the day, I'd get free signatures from the creators that I loved. But again, the commissions were all different prices. Mike Zek was a different price than George Perez, than John Byrne, than Bill Sienkiewicz. That's another guy. I've got a great sketch in my sketchbook. Uh, everybody is a different negotiated price. Every artist has a different value that they set on themselves. And what I had to do when I went to a show and the shows that I would get George Perez to draw in my sketchbook were San Diego shows. So it was a big, big deal. It was a big choice. Do I, do I not only give my sketchbook and my money and my time uh, to waiting for this, to this artist, as opposed to this guy? and you know, I remember from basically 1983 to 1986, my priorities were getting drawings from Arthur Adams and George Perez, first, foremost, and above all else. Mike Zek, Jerry Ordway, Dan Jurgens, A++, wanted them very much in my books, got them in my books, but um, always tried to get my, 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 my guys that I really dug. John Byrne had really stopped coming to any conventions that I was attending during this period of time. He had stopped uh, coming to any West Coast conventions, and I certainly didn't have the means to go to the East Coast at that time. And when I did go to the Midwest in 1985 for a uh, uh, the Chicago Comic Con, because I was living out there with my dad and my mom that summer, uh, there was that's where I got all these the, the first of my great Mike Zek and Dan Jurgens and Jerry Ordways 
uh, I would then get then, then get more from them later at San Diego in, in, the, in the following year. But I had to budget. I had to allocate my time. I certainly didn't have a credit card. I was 15. I was 16. I now had, you know, taken to, to saving Christmas money in advance, uh, budgeting it towards the upcoming summer shows and lawnmowers and the jobs I was holding down, whether it was bussing tables or delivering pizzas, uh, do, doing construction work with my Uncle Tom. I was, I was, I was putting all of that towards the big shows and the big signings. And I'd have to allocate and then I'd wait. And, you know, then, especially with a drawing, you're just, you're always wondering how this is going to come out. Is this going to come out exactly the way that I feel? And, and I hope that it's going to come out. And, and I was always a, a really satisfied customer, but I'm going to also be, beware if, if you get a pencil, an artist to pencil something and then go and hand it to an inker, the magic of what you like in that pencil may go awry. You need to be very specific of what you want, like in that drawing and tell that inker, whoever that inker may be, to not change faces and hair and take liberties because you just never know. And that's how I'm going to leave this. You just never know. But I've been there. I'm one of you. I waited in lines. I got comics signed. Now you're like, Lightfield, you don't pay for signatures. I do. I do pay for signatures. I, pay a Neil, I paid Neil Adams for every signature I have, and I have a lot of signed Neil Adams stuff. I was happy to. For, from my perspective, he deserved it. He deserved every dime I would give him. He's freaking Neil Adams. Uh, I, I, any comics that I brought up to him, I, I've had him sign my cover to the Defenders uh, that he did, the the Marvel feature, fe- you know, featuring the Defenders. I'd have him sign my Superman Muhammad Ali's, my Green Lanterns. I bought omnibuses from him. I bought trade trade paperbacks. I brought my X-Men. I had him sign those every single time. I paid Roy Thomas for his signature. I have it. So here, here here's the deal. I find it incredibly satisfying when I get those purchases from the people that I love. I enjoy paying them. I enjoy that transaction because I want to tell them with that how much I appreciate them, how much they mean to me. And I am happy to do it. And I have done it. And, and now looking back, of course, I, I am so ecstatic. I traded uh, signatures of my stuff for Frank Miller signatures with his reps. So, so it was quid, quid pro quo. I, I did pay again with Stan Lee. I wanted to trade and or pay and give Stan his due. If you think for one minute that Jack Kirby wasn't alive right now, that I wouldn't pay whatever his price was, good God, people, you know, George Perez had gotten, you know, I had gotten so much of his stuff signed uh, when I was a kid. I mean, literally uh, over time, my favorite books, my, my first issue of Teen Titans, some, some key issues of crisis. It's, I don't have short box. I don't have long, I'm not, Never been long box guy, never been short box guy, never had that gumption. And that's what it was. It was gumption. And let me tell you what the charging did. It it, it ran and chased short box and long box, long box guy away from all of us, maybe for all existence. And that's not the worst thing in the world because, again, you're sitting there and we all felt like this self-loathing is comic people, like we owed this. No, when, you, when, when I get paid to make a comic and then you buy that comic for $2.99, Three ninety nine, whatever the price of the comic is now. That is that is our transaction. I did that. I want to win you. I've told you right now with Deadpool Batterblood. I have the last issue coming out on October eighteenth. It wraps up five issues of Deadpool Batterblood, and then the next month I have another Deadpool special coming out, and I want to win you on that as well. I want to win you. I want you to go. Holy crap! This is so good. I'm going to march right over here. I'm going to make sure I buy this. If you didn't already have it in your pull box, 
and and maybe the base you only have in your pull box because the last time I did this with Deadpool Bad Blood, you liked it. So I earned you then, or I earned you uh, five years ago. But I, I, I feel like I need to earn you right now, as of next Wednesday, when Spy- when Deadpool it features Spider Man, when Deadpool Batter Blood number five hits, I want to earn you. I want you to go. Damn, this is so fun. I cannot not go back with this because some of you have pull boxes and you're behind, and so then they give you the thirty boxes, the thirty comics that you need to buy. I, I worked retail. I worked at a comic shop. I know how this works. Uh, I, I was there again, 1986, the year of Dark Knight, year of Watchmen. And you parcel out, you know, well, I'm going to, I really just want the X-Men and, 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 and the Hulk issues and, and maybe this, this uh, Justice League issue, but I'm going to come back for these, uh, the, the Star Wars comics and, and pay them off next week. That's how it works. Hey, if, if my Deadpool batter blood is, is in your pull box that you're, that you're trying to catch up on, I want you to look at it and take it. I want that book to go home with you. So I'm still trying to earn you. That's where, you know, I got paid to make the comic. I tried to make the comic really fun and enjoyable to you. Now, further transactions. I, again, I've put a value on my live stream before I did my, my very first live stream on whatnot. And you're going to, you should follow me on whatnot, by the way. Uh, whatnot is a really great, amazing live stream app. I, 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 I've been around the block. I've tested the others out. Nothing Come close to whatnot. Whatnot is living in everyone else's head. Trust me when I tell you this. Whatnot has an incredible app uh, that 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 makes for the smoothest transactions. And when I go live on my live stream, I am looking right into the portal the, 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 with you, generally sitting on my beanbag in my studio, and I am sharing with you the comics that we have, and then you decide whether you want to purchase them. And we have uh, earned our, our our place again on that app. We have a five rating, a five star rating, as high as you can go. We've sold seven thousand items via the live stream. But before I sold one item, I called up my buddy Marat, who had already been on whatnot, and he said, "Rob, just be upfront with people. Be all people want is honesty. They want you to know. Like, let's say you're expensive, and he said you are. You're on the more expensive end. Be honest." I said, "Okay, I'm going to do that." I said, very first night, I, and I try and now refresh people. Hey, everybody, I'm, I'm on the more expensive side of things. I tell people because, of course, you know, all my older middle-aged friends, they, they all become, became wine connoisseurs over the last, uh, you know, decade. As you slipped from your 30s into your 40s and then the 50s, everyone got into wine except for me. I don't drink. I never have. Uh, I, I just don't like the taste of any of it. Beer, alcohol, wine, champagne. Me and me and Christopher Walken will not be having champagne. Uh, but uh, two buck chuck. S- some people go and they get their two buck chuck. Okay, and I, I tell people, you know, that's 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 a wine brand, a big 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 box store wine brand. Uh, I said, hey, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not two buck chuck. I'm I'm expensive. I'm more like a sports car. Uh, and 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 I've been very upfront, and we have been very successful with me being very be being very upfront. For so, if you come up to me, I am expensive. I have put a value on my signature, and I'm not going to go backwards on it. And I am going to basically stay at that place. And I feel like my value is uh, I, I have books now in the 38 career that are uh, among the classics. I have I have created a library of really uh, successful characters. Many have made their uh, crossover into animation, into video games. You know, screw the, the Deadpool movies. That Deadpool 2014 video game. You know, you know who doesn't have a video game? You know, a lot of characters. <laughs> you, 
you know, a lot of characters don't have an isolated video game, a dedicated video game. That that is a uh, that is rarefied air. There's less characters that have video games than there are characters who have movies. Okay, I'm not sure there's a Blue Beetle video game, but there was a Blue Beetle movie, right? Uh, the video games are harder to come by. You know, you know the. Uh, that video game is so kick-ass and, and it was so popular that they re-released it and it was, uh, you know, it was made for the PlayStation and Xbox at the time. Pre, pre, uh, predated the movie by two years, really believe that it helped lay the groundwork for the movie because you guys know that video games is a huge uh, entertainment division and people really partake in it. But you'll see that, you know, most of the characters that I created for my extreme library are in different phases of development. Now, de development doesn't mean anything until they actually pull the trigger and start rolling film. And between the times that I do this podcast and the times that I'm drawing comic, bu comic books, I'm trying very much to get that, that stuff rolling, get the stuff from my extreme library going. And, and, and all of that stuff, just like I am no different than many creators who are doing the exact same thing. Comic book creators writ large have agents and managers and are all trying to position their stuff because everybody loves seeing that stuff come to the big screen. I mentioned a minute ago that the pipeline is kind of coming to a close for both Marvel and DC with Aquaman and the Marvels. And you know what? What will likely be up next is Deadpool 3, with which features, as we all know, Wolverine. And I, I have to tell you, people, if gun to my head, golden lasso around my entire body, Linda Carter making me tell truth, I'm going to tell you, I think Deadpool 3 could be mid and make a, a billion dollars. It, the, the appetite is there. The desire is there. It, it, it will require, uh, I think, just a few hijinks. Now, are they raising the bar? Are they trying to give you more than a few hijinks? Yes. Are they out to make a mid-movie? No, they're out to make a great movie. They want to make a fantastic movie. But I'm saying, if at the end of the day, everybody took the wrong turn, everybody slipped on the banana peel, that it's still going to be a movie that is extremely successful. We've all seen it. We've all been there. I, I just stopped from saying a movie that I believe fits that category because I'm trying to be a very good boy. So I just, that pause was me not saying something. But anyway, I, I think Deadpool is going to dominate. Uh, I, I happen to know right now because I know people in the licensing division, you're going to be uh, buried under an avalanche of Deadpool merchandise, just like uh, the first two, except way more. Except because this is the first time that the Disney machine uh, is, 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 you know, I'm, I, I just like to say the word lever, so I'm going to say it again. And some people say lever. So let's say both the levers and the levers are going to be activated and you're going to get a wampa wampa ton of Deadpool related merchandise, action figures, Funko Pops, T-shirts, uh, accessories, stuff, busts. Uh, remember, I mean, the talking head Deadpool came out two years after you know deadpool 2018 deadpool always seems to have a great uh you know category of licensing and items so you know when my wife as i've said to you many times god bless joy liefeld for her curiosity we're sitting out down you know in the theaters i've told you for black panther and she says so okay who who, who is it this time who created black panther i said honey we're still with stan and jack because the Avengers, who created the Avengers? Stan and Jack. Who, who created the X-Men? Stan and Jack. Who, who, who created Thor? Stan and Jack. Who created Captain America? Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Okay. 
So, so, so even as, as advanced, you know, as, 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 as far as we had gotten, uh, and even, I think I've shared with you guys before when, when Stan Lee, uh, on an air, on an air, <laughs> on a flight to Cincinnati and was watching, uh, Winter Soldier and he was, I had given him my seat cause he didn't want to be in the front row, uh, in, in the bulkhead. And so I said, I'll switch with you. And, 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 and he was behind me and his manager was playing Winter Soldier. And he said, who is Winter Soldier? Who is Winter Soldier? And then uh, his manager said, Winter, Winter Soldier is Bucky. That's Bucky? Now, Bucky also created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. So again, even when you're going to see Winter Soldier, which I will always only ever hear, in Stanley, who is Winter Soldier? The uh, and then uh, then they they watched Civil War on the flight home, and he wanted to know what is going on with Iron Man and Cap. Uh, they're, they're at war. They're at odds. Stan, the, 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 those were the fun days. I tell you, those were and, and and more people have better stories than I with all that stuff. But uh, Winter Soldier. Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, okay? So, you know, the dawn of the MCU was really, you know, you can throw Don Heck and obviously over at Sony, it becomes a different one. It's, it's, it's Steve Ditko and, and Stan Lee. Oh, Steve, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. It's Steve Ditko and Stan Lee. Steve Ditko, Stan Lee. That's the answer to pretty much, you know, everything. And uh, so, so having been somebody who has contributed to the Pantheon and, and, and oh, you know what happened in the creator space? The cool thing is some people did learn a character like a Harley Quinn was created for the, you know, cartoons. It was created for an animated show. Uh, Harley Quinn with Paul Dini and Bruce Tim was a product of a cartoon that was later adapted into a comic book. So two animators, two people in the animated business are the creators of Harley Quinn. Isn't that cool? So yeah, I, I believe that pricing for signatures uh, is here to stay. My values are high. You're going to encounter in New York City. You're going to, if you want to pay the people that draw, you know, Spider-Man and Batman and Wonder Woman, if you want to pay them 20 and 30 bucks uh, for their signature on that book, that is your choice and you should feel good about it. And, 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 you know, this is now the business that we are in. If per per chance, you get the chance to get, you know, a signature by by somebody who maybe is a famous portrayal. Look, I am currently amassing my own. Uh, I did a bunch of Deadpool nerdy 30 covers, 30 covers celebrating Deadpool's 30th anniversary. And I have had Chris Hemsworth sign multiple copies of the Deadpool 4. I had uh, I had uh, Barry Keegan sign the Eternals for his portrayal in the Eternals for my Deadpool. Yes, there's a Deadpool Eternals cover. Uh, you know, I had Charlie Cox sign my Daredevil. I was there for them. I, you know, I was, I was there for each of them. I had Oscar Isaacs sign my dead. My, I, I didn't have a Deadpool Moon Knight. I just did a Moon Knight. So he signed that. So let's look. And, and again, we all know that stuff is a, is a higher level of transaction. As I, as I look to see, uh, I, I saw before I came on today on the uh, a Rhode Island show, which, which is great. Those guys are great. I've done that show a couple times. Sweet people. Great show. They've got their keys are, uh, Linda Hamilton and Barbara Eden. Barbara Eden of I Dream of Jeannie. And most of you won't know who I Dream of Jeannie is, but she is as big as Linda Hamilton in that advertisement. And you bet your bottom dollar, I looked at that pricing menu and who boy, 
you better mow some lawns, deliver some pizzas, or uh, max out, get ready, get ready for that credit card to get a healthy, uh, healthy dance. But look, you're going to enter into this new space. We've eliminated uh, the long box guy and the short box, short box guy. Long box guy and short box guy are gone, presumably forever. Uh, not to be back because uh, I, I didn't tell you. Short box guy and long box guy gave me the same response. Uh, wait, what? You're you're charging? Oh, I'll never come to you again. Uh, of which I got a big smile on my face and uh, thought wishes do come true. Uh, I don't have to subjugate myself to signing an entire run of Evangeline, Battlestar Galactica, Youngblood, Supreme Prophet, and every 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 other book that he had in those um, because I felt shamed to do it. We all have assigned ourselves a different value now. And that is not, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to go backwards. Uh, and you know, I know, I know some people will do 10 for free and then charge every book after. That's a great deal. You should partake in that. If, if I was uh, navigating the convention floor, but get your budgets for those remarks, for those sketches, for those signatures. I'm going to tell you right now, a couple of people have told me New York Comic Con seems to overwhelm them. It shouldn't. If you're going to be, okay, if it's a one, if, if, if you're doing it one day, you got to plan for maybe two or three highlights. That's my personal opinion. If you get four or five out of it, then you win. Uh, beware of going up on that retail floor. You will get lost in a sea of just sifting through comic after comic after comic, looking at art. I've done it. I have lost time. I'm like, wait, where did the 90 minutes go? You know, uh, paging Mr. Liveout, paging Mr. Liveout for your battle hall. <laughs> I'm like, crap. I burned up all this time just looking. I was just obsessed with looking through these boxes. It is such a great show for comics and art. Uh, and, and I tend to get lost up there. But down in Artist Alley, the, the biggest, most uh, most potent, uh, I, think, I think most uh, celebrated Artist Alley in the history of the biz. This New York Comic Con Artist Alley is all of that and more. It's, it's incredible. You're going to dig it. Uh, but 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 get ready. Over the course of several days, it's easier to to get there. You want to get there early if you possibly can with your favorite artist and get on their list. Uh, and also, in, in you know, list follow those signing times. Be ready to partake, especially also exclusive books. Just know they're probably going to go fast and they're going to become limited. And uh, you know, th- th- there is a lot to game plan. So I wish you well. This is the week, New York Comic Con week. Uh, just some ruminations. I don't even know if I gave you any tips. I just gave you some ruminations. Uh, but, but I do want to say all those people that were absolutely shitting on me. I see you now. I see you signing twenty and thirty dollars to sign books when you were like, "Who does Liefeld think he is?" Who I thought I was was the guy that was breaking down doors for you because Stan Lee was in hollowed territory, and I figured, hey, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be the lead blocker. I'll 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 block so that you can run behind me and score some touchdowns. Uh, I took the shit. I took about five years of shit of of shade of of uh, and I didn't care. It made me laugh because I knew that eventually, what was what was mad that you were going to shows and not having the same sense of value and the same sense of worth for your own work, and now you do. And I see you. I know who you are. I know what you said, and I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you are now assigning a value. Uh, and not just letting short box guy and long box guy. And then you're like, life, we're not all short box guy and long. I understand. I understand. But, but it's, uh, it's good to assign a value and you may look, we all, uh, have limited appeal. Every single one of us, not everybody likes the X-Men. 
a lot of people like Batman and prefer prefer Batman. A lot of people just like the X-Men. There's an entire group of people. They just want the Avengers. And then there's people who just want their manga signed. And they want their voice actor stuff. And they don't give a shit about anybody who draws comic books. You know, they want all their Funko Pops signed by the, uh, the, the cast of, of My Hero Academia. And that's cool. And that is super cool. Because again, I have kids whose tastes are not mine. And they would go, they would, they would absolutely wait in line for Dave Filoni and, 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 and get a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff signed. They would absolutely 100% do that. And so I wish you all the best as you head into the craziness that is New York Comic Con. And I hope, I hope it's great. I hope you get everything that you want, the signatures, the sketches, the interactions, the panels, the information. I am wishing you all the best as you get ready. It's going to be a great week and we will all share our experiences on the other side of this. What I wanted to segue here and, 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 and give a few minutes before we wrap up this episode is on a, a cartoon that I just grew up absolutely loving. It is my favorite iteration, uh, one of my favorite iterations, if not my favorite absolutely iteration of this character. And it's Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which launched when I was 13 years old. And let me tell you something. I, I did, uh, I, I, at 13, being a young teenager, I, I love the ladies. I did. I loved the ladies, but uh, not as much as I love comic books. And the fact that they were launching a brand new Spider-Man cartoon was not going to go without me celebrating it. So I absolutely know. So, so being 13, that, that puts me in junior high. But, you know, it was just me, my bowl of cereal, Saturday morning and cartoons. Okay. And I wasn't missing him. And I certainly wasn't going to miss this latest iteration of Spider-Man. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Dun, 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 dun. Oh man, I dig it. Now here's the deal. All 24 episodes are on Disney Plus and they have been for years. And I took to rewatching them recently and it it just took me all the way back. The uh Spider-Man and his amazing friends features his amazing friends are Iceman of the X-Men, Bobby Drake, and then uh the character known as Firestar who has really uh kind of picked up in in terms of uh in terms of uh, appeal given her signal boost in the recent issues of the x-men i don't want to spoil what's going on with her but she is she she got her own miniseries at marvel uh in in the mid 80s following the appearance here this this book was celebrated with a launch that week of kind of a a uh, comic book version of the of the pilot episode of the green goblin so Iceman and Firestar, I hope her name is still Angelica Jones. I don't know if they changed that for the comic books, but on the show, her name was Angelica Jones. Great design, cool character. So you got Fire and Ice and Spider-Man. And uh, it, was, it was launched in, uh, in, 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 on, on, on September 12th, 1981. Again, I am 13 years old. I am so excited because the promos, the ads, they looked really good. They looked really good. And, and having now rewatched all 24 episodes, I can tell you, the animation is good. The people, the drawing is really good. It is a uh, one of the better illustrated. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, these late 70s, like 78 to, to 82, really good drawings, really good, well, uh, nothing was terribly stylized. It was all kind of a really good uh, on model, you know, shades of John Buscema, John Romita Sr. looking model sheets, which were used you know, for the basic templates 
and the movement and and the action. Now, 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 was there a? Did Aunt May have an annoying puppy dog that that is in many episodes barking with a bow and you just don't even understand? Like, why am I watching this? But Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends featured so much of the larger Marvel universe, and that's why, again, 1981. So let's go back. If I'm if I'm buying comic books regularly, and the habit is starting in 1974, I have been totally uh, invested. In, in 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 comic books and i've been watching the super friends dc had the best representation and they even had a cbs batman cartoon on at the same time which which is where batmite came from that they had they had super friends was at abc cbs got a standalone batman in the in the late 70s fantastic four had gotten their cartoon with herbie the robot with no human torch to be found which sucked uh, and it, even though it had like the Inhumans and Doctor Doom and stuff that you wanted to see, it just, it never, it was the Fantastic Three with a robot, okay? You were missing a key component, and I think it bothered pretty much everybody who liked the Fantastic Four. It, it certainly bothered this kid, and in 1978, you, you're, you're looking at me being, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old. So, 81, I have not yet turned 14. I will be 14 soon, but when that, that, that baby launched, I can squarely tell you I am 13 years old. And it doesn't matter. I still like Girls at 14, but not as much as I like comic books and not as much as I was looking forward to seeing those comic books come to life in animation on Saturday morning t- uh, Saturday morning cartoons. So NBC put out uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. They were trying to uh, you know, catch some of that superhero action. There had been many seasons of the Super Friends. And uh, you know, the, the originally Firestar was supposed to be Human Torch. Human Torch just can't find, he cannot catch a break. He couldn't make it to his own show on the Fantasy Four and was replaced by an annoying uh, R2-D2 looking little uh, robot. Herbie actually was a cool creation and John Byrne actually did him in the, in the comics a couple times. First with his uh, a collaboration with him and Marv Wolfman on John Byrne's first crack at the Fantasy Four and then when he wrote and drew it, he brought back a couple iterations and had fun with it. Uh, but Firestar has, you know, been in- incredibly uh, popular since appearing again great design simple great powers you know there's all sorts of myths about why human torch was hard to you know ascertain uh they'd say oh the rights were complicated look i i'm telling you i believe and i've and i've covered in different episodes how i would cover my arm in kerosene and this was the age of kiss and gene simmons blowing fire out of his mouth and once i learned from my neighbor friend how it was pulled off i did it i stood in the middle of my sandbox i had a sandbox when i was a little kid we my parents never then you know uh you know destroyed it and rebuilt around it and this is so so i was in this house uh until i was 9 years old and so the sandbox got a lot of action when i was obviously 5 and 6 and i played with my toys and sandbox we had a really good sandbox in my ba- backyard very sizable well to to mitigate my lighting my arm on fire i start with my hand because if you you shouldn't replicate this kids do not try this at home but if you put all the lighter fluid that your dad's going to put on the barbecue to make those burgers or steaks or now it's probably just propane but uh back then you squirt the lighter fluid over the charcoals you lit the match boom you know this is the 70s this is this is the dark ages and uh i would light my hand on fire i would coat it with a like a batter a battering a lather of lighter fluid and I would light my hand on fire and I would do it for a couple of seconds. It was awesome to watch. And then I would hit the sand and stomp out the flame. I then got in my neighbors, uh, my, my neighbors were three boys and those boys, all different ages would marvel because I, uh, 
from my forearm up, I would let my my uh, arm on fire with the kerosene and watch my entire arm, you know, when I was eight years old, just engulfed in flame. And then I would hit, you know, drop, uh, stop, drop, and roll. I was doing that so as to not hurt myself. I never got any serious burns, but I was shocked that it was burning the little hair I did have on my arms off, singed is something I learned of from doing this. So, And that was because of Gene Simmons and my obsession with KISS. The last time I did the forearm thing, I did it not knowing my mom was watching from the kitchen. And she screamed, Robbie! And I, boy, I got in a lot of trouble. And that never happened again. And they convinced me that it was super dangerous. But I do believe that there is an aspect outside of getting the rights of the human torch. And you're like, but Firestar, Firestar is not on fire. She casts fire. She is not in t- burning from head to toe. And I just believe, and maybe it was only deranged people like little Robbie Liefeld who would light themselves on fire in a very safe environment. Still don't try that. Do not get a sandbox. Do not do what I did. I'm telling you uh, because I am regretful of it. Am I? Uh, but, but I'm supposed to be. It was very exciting. I was very bold. I was very bold. Very bold uh, little boy with a loud mouth, uh, cockiness, and a willingness to do crazy shit like that. So... Firestar replaced Human Torch because once again, they couldn't find the way to get him on the team. Uh, When they were originally creating her, she was Firefly, Starblaze, and Heatwave. So Stan Lee was overseeing the show. And the great thing about the show that I love the most, and if you go through like right now, if you go to your Disney Plus, first of all, like Triumph of the Green Goblin is a really good pilot episode. But I didn't know because you didn't get previews back then. And let me tell you something, like, like the, 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 the fever for this back at this period. So the 80s, you know, we're just coming out of the 70s, but they were still doing it this, at this time. The Friday night before the fall season for cartoons. And, and just like they had a fall season premiere for all the big shows back then, whether it was Three's Company, Love Boat, Six Million Dollar Man, uh, A-Team, uh, as we go through the 80s, Magnum P.I., but fall premieres were a big deal. Well, the Saturday morning shows, the lineup, CBS, NBC, and ABC would all launch generally on the same week. And they would have specials the night before on Friday night on ABC, NBC, whatever. They would have a generally a celebrity, a guest host uh, from one of the popular shows on the network introduce like in tomorrow at 11 a.m. You're going to get the adventures of Shazam. And then they'd have the actors in the cast come out and briefly say, oh, we're so excited. Or they'd have like the animated characters talk back. And so this was hyped. You know, Friday night before, man, Spider-Man, his amazing friends coming NBC tomorrow morning. Boom. I was there. I was ready. They had had ads, double page ads for all the co- cartoons uh, in, in, in all of the comic books. I mean, the comic book companies cleaned up. Think about all those ad buys. Single page, double page spread. CBS loved the double page spread. Uh, NBC loved the double page spread. I think ABC kind of did single isolated pages. But uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends uh, was a killer show. 24 episodes total across three seasons. But by the time you get to episode five with seven little superheroes, also, well, let me, let me stop. Episode four has a champions villain. I also appeared in the spectacular Spider-Man, but the guy made all of bees swarm. Okay. I mean, killer villains, great villains. You got Sunfire from the X-Men in episode three, but seven little superheroes is, is one of those mysterious. Oh no, someone's lured us to the Island, but you got a great rendition of Prince Namor, the Submariner. You get, uh, uh is it Shira or Sheena? Uh, Kazar's, uh, girlfriend from the jungle. Uh, you got Dr. Strange, you got Captain America alongside Spidey, Iceman, and, uh, and Firestar, all, you know, it's, 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 
it's like seven it it, it comes from a uh, a trope called seven little indians seven little superheroes it's like at the end there's only going to be one they're slowly knocking them all off in mysterious fashion and one of them is a shapeshifter uh who is masquerading as each of the characters seven little superheroes a favorite of mine uh there's a, a dedicated episode to electra electro electro spider-man's electric villain the prison plot is a great episode magneto looks great sounds great uh does great stuff with his magnetic powers uh is is there at the prison masquerading as a i think his name's proton or or some sort of magician but he's there to break out his fellow mutants blob toad mastermind and of course spider-man iceman and firestar in their in their secret identities are there as gophers to to you know go for this go for that they explain it to you at the top uh and then that, that that was actually a thing uh and and so they were assistants because the policemen were holding their policeman ceremony or policeman's ball at the prison, of course. So, so then Magneto has them all in one place and can and can subdue all of them, and then move to uh, to, to free his uh, his fellow mutants. But as 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 the uh, the cast and their secret identities were there being gophers, and they can all reveal themselves to be Spider-Man, Firestar, and Iceman, and fight Magneto. And it's a fun one. Again, these are not going to change. These are not important. Com- Okay, they're not important cartoons. They're entertaining. I put a premium on entertainment. It's a great snapshot of the 80s. Not every joke lands, but it's really strong animation, stands up. I thoroughly enjoy uh, wa- you know, watching all of them. The Black Knight comes in. Uh, we've got the X-Men people. The X-Men make a uh, an appearance in the second to last episode. The X-Men adventure, okay? Uh but you get so many. There is a the second episode is a little goofy. It's a little goofy. Mister Frump, the fantastic Mister Frump, he gets this ability to to, to wish because Doctor Doom is trying to summon this cosmic power, and it actually goes to this little old man. But it's a fun rendition of of Doctor Doom. Again, you get a ton of guest stars: Sunfire, Doctor Strange, Captain America, uh, Sheena or Shira, uh, Namor, Submariner. You get the X Men. You get Magneto. Uh, you get Loki. You get uh, freaking Loki and Thor and Thor. So when Amazing Friends, there's the core friends, but the Marvel Universe at large is constantly flying through this. You're like, life, I already watched them all 50 times. Maybe, maybe you did, or maybe you needed somebody like me to push you off the edge and give you a little little nudge to go watch Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. All of these episodes are available right now on Disney+, Plus, and I'm sharing it with you because it's fun. It's fun to have them on in ba- and maybe in the background. Um, maybe you're like, I'm done with Rob observations. I'm turning this off forever. I'm going to only watch amazing, Sp- the amazing uh, Spider-Man is amazing friends. Hey, <clears throat> win in Rome, dude, win in Rome, do it, do what you got to do. Uh, really fun, fun, uh, fun show. Really good stuff. The, uh, again, it was on from 81 to 83 and it's a great little snapshot of the, of the early eighties. and. I just was really always entertained by this show. It was my, uh, didn't really make it through much of the third season by the time that, that time I was way more into everything else than I was to superheroes and comic books. I, I never stopped buying comic books, but I definitely got off the cartoon train. Uh, Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends are, are basically around the same time that I was totally digging Thundar, which was also completely short-lived. But yeah, the cartoons uh, of my youth, the Super Friends, the live-action Isis, Shazam, uh, Doctor Shrinker, the the Croft Super Super Show, the the, the CBS uh, Batmite Batman cartoons, just, just some really fun stuff. Uh, really paved the way 
for what would come later on Fox with that incredible X-Men series. But Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends really goes to a large section of the Marvel Universe and is a blast if you have Disney Plus and you've been pondering it. Check it out. Really solid animation. Fun stories. Are they kitty? Are they a little... Yes, like I told, like I told you, you're going to get a, a puppy uh, with Aunt May and the fabulous Mr. Frump is maybe one of the more difficult episodes to sit through, especially early on. But when you get to Seven Little Superheroes and the X-Men and Loki and the prison plot, which features Magneto, they're, they're, fun, they're fun cartoons. And again, this was when Spider-Man, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this, this was when Spider-Man was that merchandise king for Marvel. When you would go to the drugstore, I've, t- I've talked about drugstores a lot. Uh, they didn't sell you drugs. It's just where your mom and dad filled all their pharmacy needs. Uh, <laughs> my mom, that was Valium and lots of it. I was you know, a crazy kid and my, my dad had been through a lot of shit. So anyway, we went to the drugstore a lot. So in the toy aisle of the drugstore uh, is where I got so much of the Spider-Man you know, paraphernalia going, just so you know, going to Toys R Us or back then we had a, an outlet called Toy City. That was a big deal that you were important. If you were going like that, that was like a once a season visit, man, you had to be really important. It had to be very special for your mom or dad to take you because they knew that you were going to whine and eventually they were going to spend money on a toy that they didn't want to get you in the first place, or you were going to beg them to put money down on something for one of the upcoming occasions that they didn't really want to spend money yet. So, I mean, parents had a lot of reasons to fear Toys R Us and Toy City, but the drugstore toy aisle seemed to be a safe venue. I'm telling you right now, there was a like stiff, hard plastic, arm up, just his arm up, Spider-Man, not an action figure, did not move. The arm stayed up. The other arm was welded to the side, one plastic mold, but you could shoot out the line, the web line straight, and attach it to like uh, uh, a cabinet door or or to the refrigerator door handle or wherever, and then press the button. It had batteries in it, and it would go straight up like it was going up the wall. Kids, this is what we were doing in 1979 for fun. This was our big time, you know, action figures. We didn't have Mondo Deluxe figures yet. We didn't have you know Hasbro, you know, direct Hasbro Deluxe. None of these like state of the art. Uh, hot toys. I mean, come on. You, you think we had anything even resembling that? But I'm going to tell you my favorite Spider-Man and one of my favorite accessories ever was the web shooter. You, you, it was a plastic, uh, you know, like, like a, like a, like a soft plastic strap that you would put around your wrist. It had a hard, uh, shell, plastic shell, and it would shoot out, uh, rubber, you know, darts, that would stick to the wall with a line attached. And, 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 and so you would shoot for a surface. It always stuck to your television screen. Glass was the best place, windows and glass. And you'd shoot it, boom. And it just felt cool. It, it certainly didn't have the weight to pull you in and you weren't going to do it above. It wasn't going to sustain your weight when you were nine years old, but it was so cool. I got a web shooter. And so you bought two. She had one for each hand and you had about two or three backups with the, with, with the, uh, with the, sticky, the, the sticky darts. And you shot them right out with your line, and and it's just a lot of wish fulfillment back then. That they were asking you to fill in the blanks with your imagination with the limited licensing that they gave you. But did I have both that Spider-Man going up the wall? I did, and the web shooters. I had two. I was into it. I loved it. Uh, just some killer licensing, along with the again pencils and folders and erasers and thermoses and lunch pails uh, and calendars of Spider-Man. I just, it, it, it all sparked me. Hey, 
these shows, these cartoon shows, they were absolutely there to drive interest in Spider-Man outside uh, of, of, of just the comic books. And, and Spider-Man and his amazing friends came after the live action Spider-Man TV show uh, on, Spy- on, on CBS kind of failed to spark enough interest. They really were hoping that it would have the same interest as the Lou Ferrigno Hulk uh, show did but it just didn't take even though those are fun to watch again they are of a time everything is of a time so spider-man amazing friends on disney plus get on that don't miss out it, those are really it's a fun way to maybe spend a weekend or or on an occasion just just uh taking in a snapshot of a different time but really solid animation fun stories a little goofy but i i had to lean all the way into spider-man and his amazing friends uh because that catalog is just sitting there waiting for you to enjoy it and it brings back just the best memories for me in 1981 when that thing launched and this was like a way to get like moving pictures of of my favorite comic book characters so uh check it out if you got disney plus it's waiting for you let me let me just begin this last part of the show by just again thanking you for listening thanks for listening thanks for passing along your enthusiasm to others I started the show as just a way to talk to people about comics and share my own passion for them and kind of go on the record uh, giving my my interaction over my lifetime with comic books. And so many of you have chosen to take that ride with me. We have talked the rise of the X-Men, uh, 90s comics, 70s editorial, best editor-in-chiefs, top Wolverine artists, uh, courtroom battles, heroes reborn, behind-the-scenes business stuff, and you have always showed up and and favored them and i am so grateful and i am so thankful that you have supported the show in the way that you did i never set out to do anything uh terribly important what i have been entertained by is how many of you are showing up because it's exciting it's exciting knowing that there's an audience out there and that we can talk about it and we do talk about it so much so often on social media and i'll tell you if this is your first time where you can find me uh the very next time that that we have our 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 you know we close out a show. If you've listened to this and you this is your first episode, uh, you, you you can find me all over social media. And we can take it further. We, I read your reviews when you leave them for the show uh, at the end of each and every show, and I appreciate you so much because I know what it takes to you know take time, open up that page, open up that portal, write that review, hit send. Uh, it takes time and consideration, and I just appreciate you so much. And today's comes from Tricky Nick Dixon. Tricky Nick Dixon. Say that five times. Tricky Nick Dixon uh, is very kind. Gives us five stars in his review. Says Rob Liefeld does it right. Thoroughly enjoyed this last week's feud series. As usual, Rob's in-depth, detailed, unfiltered look at the subject matter is second to none. A true comic book historian. Rob, may I suggest you keep the courtroom theme and take a look at Marvel versus Marvel next. That has all the goods. Jim Shooter, John Byrne, smirking. Let's do it. Okay. First of all, thank you for the review and and so many of you including you tricky nick dixon you have really acknowledged the time and the detail and the effort look daniel best did so much of the work on that neil gaiman versus todd mcfarlane versus with his world versus todd mcfarlane book that you can still get on amazon i don't get a dime of it send all that to daniel best uh remember guys this show is free the show is free i don't even take advertising on i don't take advertisers this is just a show done for love hopefully received in love uh i thank you though that the 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 compiling it breaking it down sharing with you here was a, a, a more more than i actually thought that i was going to be able to bite off but as far as the marvel courtroom battles um some of that stuff 
which involves fellow creators suing Marvel. I get it. I remember when it happened, all of it, whether it was Blade, Ghost Rider, all that stuff. Here's the deal. Uh, I will have to be on, uh, at least I'm being honest with you. Uh, I will have to be on the severe outs. Uh, Do you think I actually like every Marvel product that they put out? I don't, but I don't share with you because they're my partner. Uh, I have a, so you should know that going in. Now, when I do, uh, you know, maybe acknowledge that Marvel's got a bump in the road. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am finding it so obvious that I cannot look away. But as far as going back to, it's not just Marvel here. It's Marv Wolfman. I, I, uh, I, I don't want to expose some people's, especially if those attempts failed uh, and, it, and it shamed them. Uh, there was a book written about Neil and Todd. I had ignored bringing it to you for three years for all the reasons I'm telling you right now. And I have friends at Marvel. I have some of these, some of these creators are friends. And if it didn't go their way or if it caused them to be blacklisted or it, it's just uncomfortable. And so I don't, uh, maybe in another, in a, at another time, at another date, I, I, I know some of these uh, battles are so incredible. The Todd Neal stuff was unprecedented given that how important Angela was to spawn and that she now resides at Marvel comics is, is a really big crazy deal and like i said it could happen to me could happen to a lot of creators but it could definitely happen to me and when it does i will talk about that uh but i I do appreciate you some of the courtroom stuff is is crazy i have definitely given you the courtroom stuff as it pertained to myself and fighting american and captain america and all that stuff i set the record straight with you on image comics that and, and gave you dates and figures and how i left that company months before uh the hissy fits were thrown and i have shown you how you just can't just wish into existence uh solicitations and catalogs that 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 stuff takes time and the fact that youngblood and supreme were no longer an image had and had been removed six months prior but it set off an alarm and then i wouldn't go back when they asked me to that's not the story that you were told you were you were deceived and what i did on this show in the first season is i i read all of that all of those memorandums all of the threats i dated them i have them uh and i share them so, so I'm not scared to put myself, you know, on the on the spigot and and the roast, and I think I have, and I and I and I and I will if it, if it continues. Um, but so so not every courtroom battle is is made for the uh, is made for the show. And you know what? I will. I'll, I say this all the time. The older I get, and uh, maybe maybe the more finicky, maybe Grumpy Rob is going to be the best Rob to listen to, but Grumpy Rob isn't there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm still just, I'm, I'm in love with comics. I want to put out entertaining vibes above all else. And that's what we're going to focus on. Thank you again so much for listening to the show. And thank you for that review. Tricky Nick Dixon. Woo. Uh, Hey, if you want to hang with me outside of the show, I'm on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. I'm all over social media, Twitter. They call it X now, right? Twitter is at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. That is where you can see me. Uh, I, I, I interact with you, your messages, your texts, I mean, your, your DMs, your messaging, your comments. I try and interact with all of you as much as I possibly can. I appreciate you all so very much. Right now, I am participating in something called Robtober. Uh, Robtober, I am giving you a drawing each and every day of the month of October of one of the characters that I created either at Marvel or at Extreme Image, and I am sharing those with you, and you can follow that. I post them on Twitter. Uh, at Robert Liefeld. I have the blue check, the designation that that is really, truly me. Sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes. It's it, it, Last I checked, it was still there. And uh, it, it tells you that I am 
uh, the genuine article that you are speaking to. So at Robert Liefeld on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it, follow me over there. On Instagram, I am just at Rob Liefeld. Follow me. I also share lots of art, uh, friends, family, stuff that I'm doing. Uh, I've, I've said this many times, my, my, my family, I, I, I'm not sure if they still think it's as cringy an account as they used to, but it's, um, it's my account. I own it. Uh, I'll, I'll be sharing pictures from New York comic-con from all the stuff that's going on from my travels. I would love to see you over on Instagram at Rob Liefeld is my handle. Again, another blue check to, to separate me from the phonies. Uh, do not, do not fall for the phony stuff. Uh, that, that, that's the one positive of a blue check. Uh, if you're out in the public and it tells people that it is really you uh, on Instagram, I am at Rob Liefeld. Over on Facebook, we would invite you. I would love for you to join us. I have a group. The group is called Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Please come hang with us. So many of the conversations that we have here continue in 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 greater, longer form, more detail over in our group. We have art contests. Uh, my my buddy Terry Sala S A L A and myself are the administrators and are the uh, the, the, the moderators of the page. So one of us will be the people who click you through. That's how you will know you're at the right group. So we look forward to seeing you over there. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond is the group on Facebook. Uh, find it, uh, put forth your, your, you know, request to join and we'll click you on through and we can't wait to have fun and hope to see you over there. Again, I'll be at New York Comic Con, uh, Artist Alley right at the front. I'm at the incredible Hot Flips booth. Uh, the people at Hot Flips are so great to me. They sell all of the dedicated uh, shield guards and 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 uh, uh, the 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 for for your photos and the top loaders, the, the hard plastic shells that you want to put your your comics and your posters and your prints. Uh, they are they are the the premier distributor and supplier, and they have always been open. They always are very generous and open up. Uh, that that is Artist Alley booth one A eleven. I'm I'm planning on being there every day at three o'clock. We have exclusive Captain America comics. We do not have a ton of them. I I, I put out today. We only have three hundred, one hundred and fifty of each cover that will be physically available. I only started with five hundred. We have pre orders online, and then we have set aside a few for live stream. But if you want to be there Thursday three o'clock, we will start offering those up for sale in physical form. Uh, signed copies. Th- that is the only place you can get them from. Is me. Uh, whatnot does not have a physical presence on the state on on the floor this year. So these whatnot New York Comic Con exclusive Captain America number one homage to my great Cap chest piece. This time featuring Sam Wilson will be available as well as all these other cool exclusives. Many that I have done with whatnot, and I uh, hope that you can find me and say hi again. I told you last time. Just say hi. Just telling a creator you that they enjoy that you enjoy the work they did is as much as purchasing a comic book, a print. Believe me, it's true. It touches us. It is that extra oomph that that we uh, that, that 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 takes us that extra step. I appreciate it so much. So, hey man, if it's just a fist bump or a hello, happy to see you. Uh, look for me, find me. Uh, I will again be in Artist Alley at uh, the Hot Flips Comic Book Art and Supplies booth number one A eleven. It's right at the top. You can't miss us if you're entering Artist Alley. We're right there at the front. Uh, I will be on whatnot, whatnot. If you follow me. The live stream app that is second to none. I am Rob Liefeld. Follow me over there. We do our very best to earn your uh, your your great feedback, of which we are at a five. We have sold over seven thousand items. We are so excited. Uh, we share signed comics, toys, Funkos, art, prints, all that stuff. Please follow me on whatnot. Look forward to engaging with you. We will have uh, we have set aside some of our exclusives for the New York Comic Con. 
uh, to 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 offer to you on the spot Thursday starting Thursday night. So please be ready for some fun shows that we'll be having on the Whatnot app. Follow me at Rob Liefeld over on Whatnot. Wow, I did mention the Deadpool Batter Blood is on on on. Your, your, your shelves of your comic store right now and the fifth issue is coming October 18th we wrap it all up in giant style Spider-Man, Venom Pool, Deadpool, Wolverine Cable, it's a giant romp to close it all up, it is the story that we've been building to, it sets the stage for so more to come but it wraps up immediately what was planned for this uh, basically Empire Strikes Back section of the saga, Deadpool Bad Blood came out 2017, it charted number one the only time, the only time Deadpool has seen a number one next to itself in the publishing world, yes that's true, track it down 100% uh, best selling, I have the best selling Deadpool and I have the highest ranked Deadpool, I have all categories covered, yes I'm proud of it, that's why I'm sharing it with you if I wasn't proud of it, I wouldn't be sharing it with you I'm incredibly enthused and the final chapter of Deadpool Batter Blood is coming on October 18th. Please don't miss out. Go to your comic store. Reserve that copy right now. It is a blast. It is an absolute blast. Did I mention that Spider-Man is in it? Yes, it's a great one. He started. He joined with Deadpool and the gang in issue four, and they continue and close out the chapter. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you guys to get Deadpool Batter Blood and 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 uh, and and get get be 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 part of this incredible uh, effort that I have gone through. 125 pages, multiple covers. Uh, I so love making comics and sharing them with you. So check that out. That will be available October 18th. So we're at the end of the show where I wish you all the very best. I hope that your health is great, both mentally, both all mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. I hope you're in a great place. And if not, take the time, uh, get away, recline, get in that sofa chair, that, that, that recliner, that, that, that giant beanbag, just really Take that time away for yourself. Have a great meal. Eat some candy, ice cream. Get a, get a cheat meal in. Make, look, it matters. You got to stimulate uh, and, and, and do some stuff that just feels good. There's a reason, you know, that they, that they, they, that they call like, a, you know, shopping therapy, retail therapy. Hey, there's also fast food therapy. I'm a part of it regularly, more than you ever should possibly realize. But uh, whether it's a show, a book, a comic book, a graphic novel, trade paperback, Take that time out for yourself. Escape into the stuff that you dig. And that's where the fast food, maybe it's fried chicken sandwich. Maybe it's a Big Mac. Maybe it's a Whopper. Maybe it's a Hop Dottie's special. Maybe it is a steak and shake, a Shake Shack. I'm really into the burgers, right? Maybe let's, let's pivot. Lasagna, tacos, burritos, nachos, whatever. Have that great meal. Have that fun experience. Get, get, get off the, the treadmill. Spend some time with friends. Laugh. Get away for a weekend. I'm rooting for you. Boom. Big fist bump right through this mic from me to you. I'm rooting for you. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back again. I will be here. I will be waiting. We will most certainly, absolutely, and inevitably talk again real soon. 